You're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to our all-singing, all-dancing episode 28 of On The Road. Our show just keeps on growing and this week is no exception. To get us off the line, our mate Kermie takes us to the beautiful nation of Canada to chat trucks and trucking with a Canadian long-distance trucking legend. And that's what you think. The gloves are off and Mike and I get stuck into the subject of electric vehicles. Trucks, cars, motorcycles, the whole kit and caboodle gets thrown into the wash in this one. We have our regular news segment, plus music from Vanity Fair, Credence Clearwater Revival, and the brand new single from Canadian trucker come singer-songwriter Mike Murchison. Later in the show, Mike introduces you to Trace Marley, who's hitchhiked her way around Australia in trucks, spreading the good news along the way about nutrition, gut health and well-being in general to truckies right round the country. So hang on tight guys, this is going to be a wild ride. I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of trucking classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Our good mate, indeed everybody's good mate, Graham Harson, is a regular on this show and if you're not familiar with the name, it's because he's better known to us all simply as Kermie of Trucking with Kermie fame. Now Kermie recently had a very long distance chat with Canadian trucker Mike Murchison to find out more about what it's like driving the big rigs under very different and very difficult conditions in Canada. It also explains why we're playing the Canadian National Anthem. Here's the chat they have. Stand on guard for Hi everybody, it's Kermie here and I've got Mike Murchison who you would know through my Trucking with Kermie Facebook page and website as our Canadian buddy. Things are a little bit different when you're trucking in Canada at this time of the year to Australia so I thought I'd give Mike a call and ask him what it is like over there. Mike, how are you and can you hear me? I'm doing good, Graham. How are you and how are all your listeners? I hope you are warm and I want my summer back. (laughs) Well, we're out of summer in a week, so we're only getting about 34, 35 degrees here today. That's Celsius. You guys talking Celsius, yeah? 
Yes, we are. Yeah, we went to the metric scale back in 1972. We were on imperial before that, but we've been on metric since 1972. Okay, so what sort of temperatures are you experiencing over there at the moment? Well, right now, it's a sunny minus 15. Previous three weeks, we were in the clutches of one of them polar vortex, and we were down to two temperatures of minus 25 to minus 39 Celsius. Whoa, I can't imagine you going out on the road in that sort of temperature. Every day they're doing it. They're out there, you know, pounding down the pavement doing it. You're not out there today. You've taken a little bit of a break. I did, because breakdowns up here in that kind of weather cost you King's Ransom. And they're slow to get anybody out to fix ships. They even do want to come out. And in most cases, you're going to end up getting towed on the hook. Anywhere the tow truck's coming from, you know, they're charging three bucks a mile to come out. They're paying 300 bucks to hook up. And you know, three bucks a mile going back. I mean, so a simple little breakdown that you can't fix on the road because you don't have the right part could end up costing you a couple thousand dollars by the time it's said and done. Yeah, I can understand it. You're obviously in a fortunate position where you can take that time off without losing your contracts. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's good that way, you know. My theory is I've been doing this, Graham, for 30 years, and I've worked out in this weather before, and the odds of having a breakdown, regardless what type of equipment you're driving, whether it's brand new or whether it's a few years old or what, it happens. I mean, the metal gets stiff and things break off. I've had brake pods break off the axles in the past in this cold weather. Airlines just wreak havoc with you and so on, and your engine is constantly running. Now, I have auxiliary heaters in my truck for my engine and for my bunk, but even still, you know, when you get down to that temperature, you got to keep that engine running, and sometimes that engine is running for days on end. You know, you only shut it off to check your levels. Yeah, now you haul reefers, don't you? So you would have to use those in winter to keep the food warm. That's the other risk, you know, depending on what you're hauling, whether you're hauling produce, you know, that may need a temperature of plus 12 or plus 15 Celsius to keep them warm, even bananas, which need to be warm and so on. That's the other roll of the dice. If that reefer goes down in this kind of temperature, then you really have to scramble to save that load. I truck across Canada and there's parts of Canada that are remote, and to get a thermal king or a carrier repairman out to where you are, chances are slim to nut, you're going to end up having to go to them. And after hour calls are expensive and so on, you know, so once the reefer goes down, you're in a scramble to save that load because the load could be worth anywhere from 30000 up to $200,000. Sure, I understand. You've been in trucking for 30-odd years, you mentioned to me before? Yep, I have. Was your father into trucking, mate? No, he wasn't. My father worked for the railroad. Okay. He worked for uh, Canadian National Railroad years ago. He's deceased now, but that's what he did. He worked for the railroad. He wasn't an engineer, and he was inside administrative is what he did. But I got into trucking just simply because when I was a kid, I was just awestruck by him. And, you know, bug never left, and when I got in behind the wheel, I didn't look back. Dreams of young children. I think there's many a truckie out here that started off the same way. Yeah, you know, when you're a kid and you see those trucks... They're massive, they're giant, and you just fall in love with them and you hope one day to grow up to do it. That's what happened to me. <laughs> so you've got a couple of trucks? I do. I got a 2000 Kenworth W9B with a studio sleeper on it, and I got a 2005 Peterbilt 379. Right. What do you call a studio sleeper? How big is that? Studio sleeper is a sleeper that Kenworth makes. It's 86 inches deep. <laughs> we don't get those out here, but there'd be a lot of truckies that would like to have it, I'm sure, particularly the guys that are doing interstate and are out on the road for a week or so before they come home. 
it's nice. You've got the room. You can stand up. One of the beds converts into a couch. You've got an upper bunk. You've got lots of closet space and room to put your microwave in there and so on and so forth. A lot of guys put TVs in their truck, but I don't. I don't go on the road to watch TV. I go on the road to work. I think you're leading us astray there, mate, because you also do a bit of singing on the road, don't you? Let's talk about Mike Murchison, the singer. You're about to release an EP? I am. An EP, three songs. The first one's coming out March the 1st. The song is entitled, It Ain't About Me. And it's sort of my observations on how the world has changed since the virus hit. And when the Black Lives Matter movement hit, and there was lots of riots going on in the streets in the United States and some in Canada, not so much, but we have a tendency of focusing on our own little world and what goes on in it. And every once in a while, we have to take a look outside and see that there's other people out there not doing as good as we are. The world doesn't revolve around us. And that's what the song Ain't About Me is about. And that's coming out March 1st. And it's going to be on all musical platforms. You know, it's going to be on iTunes, Spotify, and a few other ones. And so we did three songs in the studio It Ain't About Me, Scars, and One More Chance. And I've sung them on my posts, but this time around, we got some incredible pickers on there, and they just turned these songs into something that I find is unbelievable. We'll be back for the rest of this great chat right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. The first one, Eight About Me, is coming out March the 1st. The second one, Scars, I think is going to be coming out, I think, in June, and that's going to come with a video, and so is One More Chance is going to come with a video. Terrific. We'll look forward to seeing them. Meantime, mate, please take care of you while you're out there. It's incomprehensible to me the sort of weather that you guys drive through over there at this time of the year. It's just mind-boggling. I think most of us here in Australia would take our hats off to you doing that. We've all seen Ice Road Truckers on TV here, and I don't think there's too many guys out here that would throw their hat in the ring to do that, and yet you guys go out there and do it as a matter of course through this time of the year every year. So we give you our respect, my friend. I appreciate that, and likewise, I've watched some videos and so on, and I've watched your Facebook page and your web page. I'm amazed at these guys who haul the trains, three and four trailers. It just blows me away. We all, we're only allowed to have two trailers. We can go two 53-footers or we can go two 30-footers, but seeing some of your guys down there pulling two and three trailers all at once, it's just mind-boggling, and I hope, by the grace of God, I get to go down there one day and drive a hand at that just once. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mate, if Trucking with Kermie ever makes a quid, oh, I'd love to buy you a ticket and get you out here and you could bring your guitar. We could get you on a road train somewhere, I'm sure, and we could find one of the big truck shows. I'm pretty sure you'd love the Kenworth Classic that's held each year up in New South Wales. And I'm sure the guys would be happy to sit around the campfire and hear you sing a few tunes. You know what's nice to see down there is, are they the Kenworth K200s? Yes. Is that what they are? Yes, yeah, the cab overs, yep. They just continued them back here in 1986, and a lot of guys miss them, and it's really nice to see that they're out there down on the road, you know. They're a really sharp-looking truck, and I wish we had them up here. I really do. Yeah, well, they're a big improvement on the 100 because they actually managed to get the floor almost flat. Some models have got steps which fold out, so for old blokes like you and me, we can climb up the steps with less difficulty, shall we say. <laughs> I used to drive a K100, and I'm quite used to laying on the bed to put my pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, good luck with the EP. Please take care of you when you're out on the road. Thanks for talking to us, and we're going to catch you on the Swings and Roundabouts. It's been terrific to meet you through Facebook as it was initially. I'd like to think we've become pretty good mates since then. The truck with Kermie, certainly I appreciate everything that you've done with me when the website was starting and helped me get going with some content and that's something that's continued and I think we'll be buddies for a long time, my friend. I hope so, Graham. And just to your uh, readers and listeners out there, just roll easy on the white line, hug your children, love your families and be the pro we know you can be. Bless you, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, Graham. We couldn't leave the conversation with Mike without hearing his first song from his first ever EP. So here's Mike Murchison with It Ain't About Me. It's available on Spotify, iTunes and all good platforms. So do yourself a favour and go out and get it. Here's Mike. Well, it ain't about me. Not like it was before. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on outside my door. And the world as I knew it. Ain't like it was before I've got a feeling It ain't about me anymore I don't like the wind I don't like the rain Yeah, but there's a big storm blowing And it's standing in my way I can't do the things That I used to do It ain't about me anymore It's about me and you so I pour the coffee And you take the time And you can tell me Just what's on your mind We're a little bit different Yeah, I guess that's true It ain't about me anymore It's about me and you Feeling it ain't about me anymore. 
Kermy here from Trucking with Kermy. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermy on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over. Mike, this week I would like to play a little game with you. Are you up for it? No, why not, mate? Okay. Well, the game is called... One of these things is not <laughs> like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Okay, so have a little listen to this sound grab. What do you reckon that was? Sounded like a cake mixer that's gone nuts or a blender. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> do you remember the Tim Allen show? <laughs> nah, not at all. That's the one. Well, here's my response to that horrible sound as only Tim the Toolman Taylor could say it. <gasps> that is Formula E racing, which is like Formula One cars that run on battery-powered electric motors, and they're an abomination. Sounds like someone needs a buddy uppercut already. <laughs> okay, now have a listen to this. What do you think it was? My lawnmower. <laughs> that is the most magnificent sound of big V8s ripping around a racetrack. Indeed. Tim the Toolman Taylor would say... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that in my... And I don't care who I offend. <laughs> say that in my opinion, there is no place for electric vehicles of any sort as long as there's at least 50% of society made up of real men. <laughs> there you go. What's your thoughts on the subject? Well, I'm just going to sit here and eat popcorn now and wait for the comments. <laughs> electric vehicles, mate. Cars, trucks, motorcycles. They're even doing electric motorcycles now, for God's sake. Look, I don't have a problem with electric vehicles per se. <gasps> I do. <laughs> I do have a problem with the idea that we're going to have electric trucks doing long distance and stuff like that. There, I mean, there are a number of technical issues that are going to have to be sorted out. The range and the amount of time it takes to charge the things is one. But I mean, the hypocrisy of electric vehicles drives me nuts. Hmm. Where do they think the damn power comes from for these things? Yep. Right now, it's coming from coal-fired power stations and it's coming from that sort of thing. It's not coming from windmills and all that. I don't know, it's probably not politically correct to say that, but I think they've got the cart before the horse. Absolutely. And how many freaking power points are they going to have to put across the country to get trucks from Sydney to Perth? Yeah, I don't know. But how long are they prepared to sit there and wait for the things to be charged? That's the other thing. To be charged, yeah. And what happens when you run out of charge 20 kilometres away from where you need to be because, unfortunately, you know, you've had a headwind or something like that? Trucks run out of diesel now, and it's hard enough to get them going again with just diesel. Mm. Just imagine what it would be like to try to charge a battery. I mean, have you seen the memes about the diesel generators beside the electric chargers with the electric cars plugged in and the people there looking all smug, I'm driving a green car? Yeah. 
we could talk about the rare metals and the amount of energy that goes into actually building these things. Yep. I don't want to poo-poo the idea of electric cars and electric trucks. I do. Of course you do. That's what you think. <laughs> they already had electric trucks in the 20s and they were being used for local deliveries around town. Now, I wonder why they went away. <laughs> Could it possibly be that the fuel companies wanted them to go away? It's possible. <laughs> it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fair one. But electric technology in cars is not a new idea. And I'm sure that in some ways there's a place for it. You know, like your little smart car as a little commuter running around in town can pull up and plug it in at the parking meter with the cord. And that's perfectly fine. I don't see a problem with that. Electric bikes and things like that to run around in your little metropolitan area. But when we get out on the open road, it's a different story altogether. The day came where, say, we're putting an electric motor in a 909. I don't think I'll drive that one. Absolutely. Mate, I've got a patch on the back of my bike jacket that says, Loud Pipes Save Lives. <laughs> and I believe that very, very truly. Yeah. I was walking the dog the other day, and I yeah. nearly got skittled by one of those Toyota cabs that looked like they'd been beaten to death with the ugly stick. Was that a Prius? A Prius. That was the one. Yeah. And this thing had come around the corner behind me and scared the c*** out of me because you didn't hear him coming. All of a sudden, this thing's on top of you. Yeah. I reckon the only place we should have electric vehicles yeah. is on a golf course. <laughs> and that's that. This video of me driving a golf buggy. <laughs> Good. Wasn't pretty. <laughs> have they got it out of the water hazard yet? Uh, it was a bunker, actually. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's all I had to say. As long as I've got breath in my body, I will never be seen behind the wheel or behind the handlebars of anything that is electric. And that's fine, mate. I fully appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, if you just Google electric trucks and you have a look at some of the shapes of some of these prime movers, the whole look of them, you won't actually catch me behind the wheel of an electric truck either, I don't think. But who knows what's going to happen down the track, mate. You think about all those little two, three-year-old boys that look at a big truck and they hear the big diesel rumbling away and they think, oh, yeah, that's what I want when I grow up. Yeah. Little kids like me when a V8 to go past and you get all excited. Yeah. Now you don't even know they've gone past until they've nearly hit you. Yeah. Nah, nah. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a reason why we've got 10-inch Adelaide sports pipes on big bloody Detroits and big Cumminses, mate, mm. because they sound good. Yep, exactly <laughs> right. Anyway, that's what I think. Well, that's what you think, and that's what I think, and it's good night from me. Good night from him. <laughs> See ya. When it comes to road transport, safety is everything. Seeing Machines Guardian minimises the risk of fatigue and distraction for drivers and provides real-time monitoring centre analysis and appropriate intervention. Already trusted by more than 400 of the safest road transport businesses around the world, find out how Seeing Machines Guardian can safeguard your fleet, your valuable cargo and most importantly, your drivers. Visit www.seeingmachines.com Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Pickles here. I listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Road Show. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hey Mike, news time. News time, mate, how are you? Uh, mate, I've been better. 
as you know, I'm a little hard of hearing and I've been having some problems with my hearing aid, so I sent it in to be fixed. Yeah. That was three weeks ago now and I haven't heard anything since. <laughs> uh, yeah, deaf as a post, I know. What? There was I thinking you were just ignoring me. Never, never. <laughs> Mike Convoy for The Cure, one of Australia's biggest truck and motorcycle convoys, has been confirmed and is set to roll out of Townsville on May 30th. It is, mate. Last year the event was moved to September because of the COVID-19 issue. Yeah. But this year they're moving back to the traditional month. Todd Martin's having another go. If you remember, we didn't have a chat about this a little while ago. Yeah. Todd lost his daughter Amy to childhood brain cancer in 2009. So they're going to get out there again. It's the fifth year convoy for a cure. Participants say they're going to pay the entry fee and all the proceeds are going to secure entry fee of $100 a truck or $50 for a motorcycle. Click on the, the link in the Big Rigs page and that will take you to the registrations page. You're up there, register and, and have a bit of a go. They raised 62000 last year and the organisers hopeful they can do a bit better this time. So, yeah, looking forward to see how they go. Yeah, and they certainly should because it grows every year, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Hmm. And it's just another way that truckies get together and they help things out in the community. Convoy for Kids, Convoy for Cure, motorcycle runs that the motorbike guys do. It's just people caring about the community and it's just a great thing. Trackies and bikers, mate, my favourite people on the planet. <laughs> Indeed. Now, Mike, a Brisbane-based interstate truckie has urged other drivers travelling through the Childers area in Queensland to be on the lookout for a serial pest he says is trying to kill him. Yeah, uh, there are a few serial pests out there. I don't know about people trying to kill each other, but Blake has preferred not to be named for a bit of fear of online trolling. Told Big Rigs that a resident up there with a long-running vendetta against truckies disconnected his brake control line while he was paying for fuel. Yeah. A couple of things. I mean, I'm not saying I disbelieve this guy or anything like that, but he won't give his name, so that makes me wonder what the hell's going on. Someone's disconnected your brake control lines. Well, if that's the case, you're not moving anywhere unless the guy was smart enough to know which line to remove. And even then, you've still got prime mover brakes. Mm. So I don't know. It's bad when anyone tampers with your truck. Yeah. But just as a case of common sense, I mean, you just go around and you check your truck every time you do anything. Yep. Driver called the police to report the incident, but he's since been told there's a lack of evidence to take any further. Nothing was seen on the CCTV or nothing seemed clear enough to indicate that anyone had done anything. But uh, old mate Truckie's a bit excited, said he's tried to kill me and something's going to happen unless he stopped. People get upset with trucks and drivers and things, and the reason why is because we've all heard them. There's the blokes with the 10,000 decibel jake brakes at 4 o'clock in the morning coming into a town. Yeah. There have been cases up there on the old road before the bypasses have been built through Broadwater. Mm. One of the residents there, and I think it was Yurunga, got a little bit bent out of shape and the drivers went past and were blowing their horns and jaking on purpose and warning each other up. It gets a little bit paediatric sometimes and I just get the feeling that this thing sort of may be wrong and you know, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But it just seems to me like there's a little bit of this childish tip the tap stuff going through there. People saying they've had blazers pointed at their eyes and rocks through the windscreens. If there are people having rocks thrown through their windscreens, and the police really do need to deal with that. We've had that out at Royal Kenya, we've had that at Moree. This sort of stuff is not new, and it is very dangerous. Yeah. The whole story, that there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye, and some of it might be right, and some of it might be blown out of proportion. I think that maybe we'll have to just wait and see. Yeah. Well, be on the safe side, as you said, and just do your regular checks anyway. Yeah, well, I always walk around. Every time I get out of the truck and walk back towards the truck, I always walk around it, even if I've only been getting fuel, you know. Yep. It's just something you do. I thought that was just your exercise regime. <laughs> <laughs> if 
have you seen the size of me, mate? Maybe I need to buy a bigger truck and tow more trailers or something. Yeah. I I've done my one lap of the truck today. That's right. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Mate, a South Australian trucking company boss has been found guilty of stealing $3.8 million from the ATO through fuel excise fraud. <laughs> fuel excise fraud? Yeah. I'll tell you what, he's done a good job. $3.8 million is a pretty fair swag. According to the ATO, there were claims made by this bloke, Reginald Roberts, between 2002 and 2006. This bloke had numerous trucks and he reported completing dozens of trips and at the time, the fuel rebate was 18.51 cents a litre, mm. which for those who never ever claimed fuel excise, I don't know what it was. It was a rebate that was paid by the government. You had to claim it, and you basically got a credit or a check, depending on your tax situation. So old mate, he's got 3.8 million. The tax office has finally caught up with this fellow, and he obviously can't justify what he's done. He was found unanimously guilty by a jury of his peers of 75 charges of dishonestly obtaining a financial advantage from the Commonwealth. Mm. And he will reappear in court in May for sentencing submission. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. But I'll tell you what, that's a pretty big swag of cash. Certainly is. Yeah. (laughs) 18.51 cents a litre. He's obviously reckoned he's used a boatload of fuel. Yeah. Anyway. Well, 3.8 million, that'd take you, what, two or three years to make that much? Yeah, Yeah. 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 certainly not something you do on a weekend. No. Mate, under new regulations starting on April 5th, companies in South Australia responsible for traffic management around roadworks will face hefty fines if they leave speed limit signs on the road when they're not required. And about time. Can we have a cheer? Can we throw in a round of applause? Can we throw in party whistlers? Woo, 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 what, 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 and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Because I'll tell you what, mate, it is one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts. You're driving down the road, minding your own business, and you'll come along to a roadwork sign, we'll say 80, and you'll slow down, and there'll be another one that says 60, and you'll slow down. And you're five kilometres away from anything, and you get there, and there's nothing. They've all gone home for the night. Yeah, they've all gone home. Yeah. You come to the end of it, and it goes in a roadwork. You say, what roadworks? There was no one. Mm. They've just left these signs out because they're too lazy to take them away. And they leave them there after the worst completers, like Joe Bloggs has been doing the job and his mate Fred's been handling the signage and they don't talk to each other. Mm. Now someone could get $1,250 fine for an incorrect speed limit sign that's in place when work isn't taking place or when there's no requirement from a safety perspective. South Australian Minister of Infrastructure, Corey Weingart, has said that the state government is keen to ensure temporary traffic management used around work sites keeps workers and road users safe while avoiding unnecessary disruption. Hooray. Yeah. So there's a record $16.7 billion in infrastructure spending being rolled out over the next four years in South Australia. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Remember we were talking last week about fables and things teaching lessons? Yeah, I sure do. People come into these roadworks time and time and time and time again and nothing's happening. So now they don't bother lifting their foot and they come into the roadworks and something's happening. And all of a sudden, we're standing on the brakes and there's mayhem. It's understandable that people sometimes don't take much notice of the speed limit signs, but it'd be a tragedy if the speed limit signs were there and people weren't taking notice of them. At least if we weren't crying wolf quite so often, maybe people would accept these signs as being important. Yeah. Well, it's a good start and hopefully it'll spread right around the country. Oh, mate, I'd love to see it. I'd support that legislation in every jurisdiction in the country. I really would. It is absolutely terrible, the sort of things that happen. It is indeed. Right.
Breaking news, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you love the way I save you from finding that sound effect? Yeah, I do. I do. It's great. <laughs> I care, mate. I do. I care. You're a talented man. <laughs> mate, just having a bit of a look through the Big Rigs Facebook page just before we started. Yeah. And people should go to the bigrigs.com.au Facebook page and have a look for this story themselves because there's a video there that they need to see. Okay. Queensland Road Transport. Ever since the story came out on Facebook on the Big Rigs page about the new decoupling facility that we talked about last week. Oh, out at Gatton. Out at Gatton, yeah. yeah. People have been just bagging them. They're saying that the entry's not good enough and people are going to be swinging in there. And I made a comment about, well, the entry will be widened about four hours after it's open because someone will take the entrance <laughs> out for sure, <laughs> right? Yeah. So today on Facebook there, when I was having a bit of a look at it, Leanne Dwyer, she's the wife of a long-time trucking and well-known administrator on several industry support groups on pages and then that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. She's given a written submission to the TMR saying about how this thing's not right and she doesn't agree with the way it's been constructed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fair to say that she's not an engineer and she's not a road designer and all the rest of it, but she's not exactly a novice either. Mm. And our old man agrees with her. So there's roundabouts and off-ramps and all this sort of stuff. TMR is saying that it's all been designed to accommodate B-triples and Type 1s up to 36.5 metres. Been a little bit of backwards and forwards about this on Twitter, but I'd say to you, go there yourself and have a look at the buddy drive-by on the video. Hmm. The curb and gutter is so high. If someone hits this, they will shred tyres and bend rims from trailers. And get airborne too. Well, if they go in there with any sort of speed, they run the risk of tripping over. Hmm. But it's under construction at the moment, yes, so you're not getting an accurate picture of the way it's going to be in the finish, but you actually can see that things there just don't look right. If you've done any sort of driving in a big truck and towed more than one trailer for more than 10 seconds, you'll look at that and go, oh, gee, that's not a good line through there. Go and have a look, and obviously we'll encourage some people there, but she's had a bit of a crack at him. She sort of said, on your next taxpayer-funded junkin' to do a trip out to Cloncurry to have a look at a bit of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. I'm going to have to get her on the show. We're going to have to have a chat with her because I tell you what, she's a pistol. Yeah, it might be an idea. I don't know. You better get the truck horn out, mate. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> I've got a feeling she'll be a bit colourful. Yeah, good. All right, mate. Well, that's about it. I wanted to share with you, my wife and I just finished doing a jigsaw puzzle. And we're proud as punch because we finished it in just one week. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. Well, it said two to four years on the box. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh you idiot. See you in the seat. <laughs> Good night. Bye-bye. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. I've got with me today Trace Marley. Now, I've been looking at Trace on Facebook for quite some time, and she's done something absolutely bloody amazing in this day and age. She's hitchhiked around Australia in trucks, taking her message about nutrition, gut health, and well-being to truck drivers all around the country. She's got a web page, of course, which is tracemarley.com, and a Facebook page called... Guts, grit and lipstick. And I'll tell you what, if I can be a little bit sexist and misogynist, she's a bit of a looker as well. Got a bit of ink for the boys that like that. 
Trace, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. So you've done this epic trip. How many trucks did you get in over the time? I love how you say that it was an amazing trip too, by the way, when a lot of people say it's crazy, but you've said it, it's amazing. Well, it is crazy. It's amazingly crazy. <laughs> My dad would have said it was crazy. Yeah. 21 trucks altogether. 21. Wow. Which I expected probably that it would require more than that. Yeah. Five states and a territory. Right. So which way did you go? I went north. I didn't go far into Queensland in the end because all the lifts were wanted to head back across to Port Augusta. So I went only up to Gundawindi and then I doubled back. I was going to go Emerald and north. Yeah. But Port Augusta, then straight up the middle, across to Port Hedland, Perth, Kalgoorlie, across the Nullarbor, Broken Hill, and then home via Armadale, weirdly enough, in the end. Right. It's still pretty epic. Still a big area that I covered, I can assure you. <laughs> a lot of miles and a lot of scenery. Yeah, it was beautiful, actually. To see the country right now the way it is was absolutely spectacular, especially as a photographer. It was and a horse girl and all that feed in lots of areas. I mean, there are some drought areas left, but a lot of it's in a really good condition. Yeah. So how did you go with the border restrictions? You didn't get caught up anywhere? No, I filled out my application according with health mm. and the day they dropped New South Wales to SA, I crossed. Yep. A week later, the day they dropped SA to NT, I crossed. Yep. <laughs> so I got lucky and I did get a stamp of approval from NT to WA and my paperwork went through and it was easy. I just applied on the day because when you're hitchhiking, you don't have much notice of when you're going to hit the border. Yeah. So yeah, it was easy. So there's some great photos of you on your Facebook page with different trucks and different drivers. Who took all those? A lot of those ones with you and someone else obviously took them. The drivers take them for you. Yes, by the end of the trip, I have the drivers well-educated on how to take a photo, <laughs> to be honest. I say, just keep hitting it and there'll be a good one in there somewhere. A lot of those photos are taken just on my iPhone. Yes. But I had my drone with me, of course, as well. You see a lot of drone footages also when we could stop. Mm. But as a photographer in a truck all that way, it was really hard. I had to sit on my hands because I would have loved to have stopped in a lot more places that's not applicable in a triple road train. Yeah, some of the guys would be interested in, oh, I'm giving you a lift, but I need to make a mile too. Yes, correct. It was. We had places to go and things to deliver. So is that your first time out and about in a big truck? I've been working with truck drivers and nutrition for about three years now. Mm. So definitely not the first time, but absolutely the first time I've hitchhiked with trucks, yes. So what possessed you? How do you come to the idea that it's a great idea to go hitchhiking around Australia with a bunch of smelly, sweaty truck drivers? <laughs> One, because... I really wanted to do something that other people don't do, for one, and two, because I really wanted to raise not only the awareness for truckies, but also the country of what truck drivers actually do for us. Truckies do get a lot of slack, you know, on how they drive and bloody truck drivers, that type of thing, and I love working with them. I love what they do. I love how they did it, especially when the country was under pressure and other countries because I do work in other countries as well, six countries actually. But I think the original response of me when I was throwing the idea around, I only threw the idea around for a week, by the way, because that's how I roll. <laughs> like, I might hitchhike around Australia. You can't do that. You can't trust truckies. And a lot of people actually did say that. You don't know who they are or where they're at. And I thought, you know what? These guys are keeping us together. 
that's how we all connect. And I've just really found that comment alone really drive me to do what I did because I knew I'd be safe. I knew I'd find great people that told me great stories about total love for their family that they don't get to see as much as the normal Joe Blow, you know. And yeah, you couldn't stop me. You couldn't keep me at home once I came up with the idea. I think originally I was supposed to be on the hay run to Winton that was cancelled for Australia Day. Yes. And because I'd had cabin fever all last year and I'd cancelled five international trips for my work, yeah. I was really looking forward to that trip. And then when that was cancelled due to obviously the pandemic, I thought, okay, I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to get around this country yeah. and see a lot of truck drivers. And yeah, that's what I come up with. I've had people sitting up in the passenger seat of my truck over the years and they say, don't you feel worried you're picking up someone you don't know? I could be a serial killer. Mm. And I'll look across at them and say, gee, the odds of two serial killers being the one truck would be astronomical. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know how many people said to me, so many drivers said out of the 21, yeah. I have never in my 25 years ever picked up a hitchhiker. Yep. And I would say, what was it about me? And everyone answered the same. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it could have been the hat yeah. because I wear a cowgirl hat. Yeah. So I'm pretty pleased I took that hat, to be honest, because that was the reason they all gave me of why they picked me up. Well, there's a lot of us now have uh, things in place where we're not allowed to carry hitchhikers. Yes. And I'd be certain that one or two maybe of your rides might have a please explain at the office if it came down to it. But at the end of the day, I don't see an issue if you're sensible about it. Well, by the end of it, I can tell you the companies that do have a no passenger policy because they would tell me I would, but I have that policy. So then I wouldn't ask the next guy, you know, or the next guy would say, oh, I haven't. I go, oh, I already know. I already spoke to, to someone that works for you. But the others ask permission. Yeah. So I, I never got in a truck where they had to hide me or anything like that. I, I wasn't out there to get anyone into trouble. And there was a lot of owner drivers, a lot of stock crates. Yeah. So, yeah, by the end of it, I, I could actually write a book on how to hitchhike around Australia in trucks. However, I do always say, and I, I'm working on a video for this, don't try this at home. It's not something that I'm trying to elevate as a great way to see the country because it's not my first rodeo, I must say. Yeah. It's obviously the circumstances where trucks are great, but then they get a bit old after a while if you're sort of hitchhiking around. Living out of a bag's not a lot of fun. And It was a tough gig out there. A lot of states are still extremely hot. Hmm. And when you're hitchhiking, you don't just jump in your car and go to another roadhouse or something. You really have to walk in places and stick it out. So you have to be tough, yeah. <laughs> if I don't say so myself. It's not something I'd take on. I suppose if I was going to do it, I'd hang the logbook out and I'd probably maybe do as well as you did. I don't know, but you'd like to think that there'd be a little bit of collegiate support. I look over your Facebook page. I've got guts, grit and lipstick up now. Mm. And you put a post up a few hours ago. It's supposed to be a tattoo on the back of someone's hand. It says, success is never owned. It's rented. And the rent is due every day. Mm -hmm. That is so deep. Yeah. The rent is due every day. And I find, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get and all that sort of stuff. Is this sort of motivational stuff that you obviously do, it's part of you, isn't it? It is part of me. It was part of my dad. I lost dad two years ago. He was 93 mm. and he was a country horseman. He was a miner actually. 
that comes from him, but it's also part of my work because I coach people on how to build businesses in what I do. And we actually have eight male truck drivers a couple of their wives and two female truck drivers in my team whom I actually also coach in how to do what I do. So business mentorship is probably 50-50 along with teaching people gut health and better health alternatives. I've really directed it to drivers and transport in the last few years and it's not a very good reason but I love the reason. It is I love to fix things that are broken Mm. and it's so consistent. Health repairing you might say never used that word before but I'll, I'll go with it today is so consistent and in need of truck drivers I've just really thrived in that industry because of the success the quick success that we can actually gain by looking at gut health and trying to help those hard bellies that we see <laughs> well there are a few of us out here with bellies I know I've got one and they're damned hard to get rid of because we spend a lot of time sitting behind the wheel not doing much and there's way too much fast food out there how did you go when you looked at what's on the menu in the roadhouses? You'd have been fairly unimpressed with some of it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, unimpressed, but also there's lots of Indian food out on the road at the moment. Yep. And Indian food is really good for Indian people that have Indian gut bacteria. Yeah. So just teaching people the difference of that's not food that's not good for someone, but for us or Fried food, obviously, is not nutritionally full of fuel for the body. So just going through those different things, what's required for fuel and for cleaning. I mean, truck drivers will give their truck services when they're not going so great, but their bodies, they don't see in the same respect. I think that's sort of where it starts. You just keep band-aiding the problem. So once we get tired and not nutritionally fed and our bacteria starts to degrade or minimalize, you don't have enough good bacteria in the gut to be functioning and digesting, then we fix it with quick things to keep us awake. Mm. You know, the flavored milks is a stimulant and the sports energy drinks and the Coca-Cola and the sugar content. That's just can be one element of how we actually create that acid environment in the gut then we have fatigue problem the next day, you know, you spike and then you drop. So teaching and just opening the eyes of, okay, we can tweak this and we can tweak that. I didn't become unwell out there. I could find solutions in every roadhouse. And of course, I had my shakes, which is full of pre and probiotic and veggie protein. But when there was a good servo with lots of fresh eggs or omelets or good quality food, I would eat the good quality food. And that's what my truck drivers do. They have their shakes there to compensate for those places that they can't get that clean food that's going to turn into fuel for the system. It's amazingly interesting. I would think it's probably a little bit more to it than meets the eye, probably more than we can do justice to in the time we've got left available to us. So I recommend that people go to your web page and go to your Facebook page and we'll put the links in the show notes so that they can find them. Thanks for coming on the show, Trace. I do appreciate it. I wish you well for the future. I think you've done a great thing. I think you're doing some great things and I'll be looking forward to following you along and maybe having you back on the show again. Thank you. Well, I'm always up for a yarn. So thanks for having me and thanks for seeing interest in what I do and the subject of trucking nutrition and the fact that we can find solutions. Yeah, well, it's important. It's not getting any easier out there at all. And some of us fellas could use a little bit of information on what's good and what's not. Yeah, I'll be here for that. So thanks for having me. No worries, Trace. Thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it.
Well, that brings us to the end of another On The Road show. We hope you enjoyed it. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions.